Hello, it's RyeCast and some more stories from Diana Patton. I'm James Stewart and in the last edition of the podcast we heard about Diana's love for flying. She's been flying all her life and even in her late 80s she's still taking to the skies above our town. There are more stories of speed in this edition of RyeCast, this time on land and at sea. But we start with some family memories. In a moment, a famous school friend and holidays in pre-war Germany. But first, more about Diana's Aunt Paddy. She was a pilot too and was the first woman to appear on colour TV. But another one of her passions was looking after wounded airmen and what became known as the Guinea Pig Club. That was the nickname for the hundreds of pilots who had horrific burns in World War II. Injuries that were helped by pioneering plastic surgeon Sir Archibald McIndoo something Diana supported too, raising thousands of pounds for charity. One story is that Archie McIndoo, the gentleman who was a surgeon, who patched up all the boys coming back from the war with their faces in sort of terrible state. He was absolutely marvellous. All the boys that came back, their faces were so disfigured and people used to stare. But Paddy said, right, we'll sort this one out. So she knew lots of people who were actresses and people like that in London. And so she used to hire a bus and pick them all up from East Grinstead, take them up to the theatre. And they were all introduced to the stars of the show, etc. And she said to them, she briefed them before, and she said, look, don't look at them as though they're a thing. Just make a big fuss of them. And they were all terrible flirts. And Paddy's just was marvellous. And then she'd take them back and they loved their booze. And she said, well, they're okay, boys. She called them her boys. And they stopped at a pub and it was sort of getting late and they were about closing. And she said, excuse me, she said, you can't possibly close. I've got my boys in the, on the bus and they're coming in for a drink. And they were so astounded by this rather beautiful lady. Then the boys all went in and got pretty well smashed. She got them back on the bus and took them back. And Archie was so good about it, he didn't tell her off or anything. He was just so grateful that the boys went out, had a good time, and nobody actually stared at them. And she did that several times, and she used to go there quite a lot and was very good with them. And then Chris, my first husband, thought he would carry on when Paddy died, and he helped a lot and had them over to Headcorn, because a lot of them were pilots. We raised quite a lot of money at Headcorn. And then when Chris died, I took them over, really, and I raised thousands. We used to have wonderful parties at the Fellbridge. The girls, or the wives of the, of the guinea pigs, who were all very glamorous people. We used to do the bar for the boys. They didn't pay or anything, but we did the bar. And then Tubby was one of the guinea pigs. He was absolutely fabulous. He was Tubby. He used to take all his clothes off and they had a swimming pool at the film and just go in absolutely with nothing on. And that was his party trick. And as we sort of took over the, by the bottom of the hotel, there was no people there, so it was all right. You've met royalty in this country. You met Queen Mary when you were a child? Yes, I did, yes. She was a friend of my grandmother's. She used to come and have tea with Grandma at the Furs where I was brought up. I think Grandpa said we ought to introduce Diana because I know she'd be well behaved. Nanny approached me and said, look, will you be a very good girl? Grandma would like to introduce you to Queen Mary. So I said, of course I'll be good, Nanny. They were having tea in the drawing room. I was brought in in my pretty dress and stood away from Queen Mary. She was sitting with one of the 
chairs with Grandma, and she said, hello, my dear. I thought, oh, what a beautiful lady. And then I walked up and did a, a deep curtsy, and she said, what have you been doing today? And I said, well, I've been playing, actually. And she said, how lovely. She said, I'm having tea with your grandma. It was so sweet. And I said, oh, that's lovely. And then I thought it was time for me to depart. So I was told I walked three paces backwards and then took Danny's hand and went. I did notice they were having cucumber sandwiches and my eyes went like that because I like cucumber sandwiches. So um, when I'd got out, uh, you know, out of the drawing room, I said to Nanny, why couldn't I have one of those sandwiches? And apparently Nanny said, well, take them up to the nursery for then he left. So that was a wonderful occasion. An amazing childhood, because your mother and father were quite well-to-do. Yes, well, my grandfather and my grandmother were, were yes. But Mummy was divorced when I was six years old, hence my really living with Grandma and Grandpa, because divorce in those days was absolutely so non grata. I suppose I knew my mother very well, but not as well as I knew Grandma and Grandpa. I was very lucky and very fortunate. But in those days, dreadful thing to say, but one didn't really think of it being privileged or anything, and everything was very strict. If my manners weren't correct at table, I was sent away or back to the nursery. Things were very different to what they are now. And you were at school with Joan Collins? Yes. Tell me about that. Do you remember her? Oh, yes, very well. Oh. Yes, Francis Holland um, at Regent's Park. It was a lovely school. I enjoyed it. It was very nice because I was quite good at games. And Joan was just a tiny bit ahead of me. She's six months older than I am and um, quite bright. But she didn't spend a lot of time at school because she went to RADA all the time. And she just made excuses and just said, I'm going to RADA. And nobody sort of made a drama over it at all. And she'd go off and then she'd come back. And she was in the netball team. And I said to her, look, you just can't go to RADA. We were playing against whoever it was, another school. I said, well, you've got to think of, you know, you're in the team, you can't do that. And she said, oh, I suppose I can't. I said, no, you cannot. And so that was always the same between us. She's an amazing lady. She wasn't so glamorous. (laughs) Turned out to be the most incredible actress and... And so on. And she was in the school plays, of course. You also spent some of the child in Germany? Yes, just on holidays, but before the war. And the house in Germany was, was absolutely beautiful. Grandpa and Grandma had one end of the house. The children had the other end. I was young, but it was terrific. But then the war came. We had to come home. Did you have any sense of the war about to break out? Because this is uh, pre-war Germany, so it oh, must yes. have been yes, unusual, well, different to to be in. It was, but not that much because we were young and Grandpa and Grandma didn't make a fuss about things. And the sad thing was, Grandma's lady's maid married a German, awfully nice person. He was very good to us children. He wasn't allowed to come back, so she never saw him again. In the war, the Americans took over our house. So I said, now, Grandma, what's going to happen to the house? And she said, well, some other people have got it, and they're not being very nice. And I said, oh, well, that's awful what? She said, well, they smashed the beautiful staircase. Just little things that one can remember. We've talked about your flying and your love of aircraft. We've touched a bit about cars. We'll return to that in a moment or two. But you love boats too, don't you? I had a, an ex-naval pinnace, which was an auxiliary boat on a big yacht. 
and it was converted in, into a, a cutter. It had a centre plate, but I d- didn't like that because the water kept coming up and it was a ball. So I designed some bilge fins and I doubled up the ribs and had these bilge fins fitted and everybody said, oh, you won't sail with that, don't be so stupid. I said, well, OK, fine. And so I actually put all the sails up when we were out in the channel and she sailed beautifully. And of course it was safe because I could run it up the beach if there was any trouble. Oh, she was lovely, sunstream. She had two bunks, we slept in her. Will you pop across to the Channel to France? Oh yes, lots of times. In the old days, you moored up, walking to town over the bridge, and then we used to get loads of duty-free and goodness knows what, and you had to let it down on a rope. That was hilarious. Then we'd get on board and have a few drinks and you know, think, oh, we won't sail tonight, we'll sail tomorrow. What was your favourite car? I always wanted to have an XK140, so I had an XK140. Most of my salary went on that. Oh, that was a beautiful car. There weren't many made, because it had cut out doors and they put the screens slotted in. Cars back in the day looked incredible, didn't they? Now they're just sort of functional. Some cars are beautiful, other cars I'm not really keen on. But now I think, you know, I'm old now, so I can't have... I did have a, a lovely car. We had a, a Saab 9.3 turbo, which was fast. And that was nice. You like fast. You like speed. You like energy. Yes, I do love cars. And I like something which is safe and something which will corner well and fast. But now I'm... Well, I think I'm too old now anyway. But we've got a, a new thing now, which I'm getting to like it a bit. It's not too bad, actually. It is faster than you think it is. What do you love about this area? I loved it originally because all these places were just little sort of shacks and everybody knew everybody and, you know, you didn't lock doors. and You know, it was just different. Now it's not the same, but you know, time goes on, doesn't it? Time moves on. But every other thing around here is modern. And as you can see, I'm terribly untidy, and and I'm just like old things. <laughs> it, it still is lovely, and I, I have a walker thing which is up there, and I get up the steps and I walk down to the beach club, which is good for me, meet lots of local people down there. They're great fun, and they're terribly nice to me. Do you swim in the sea? I used to swim in the sea all year round, but now the shingle is so steep, I could probably get down on my bottom, but I'd never get up again. <laughs> Some people in the caravan site said that they'd help me in in the summer if I lived that long. So, <laughs> well, you never know, do you, at my age? So, you know, anything can happen. But no, I'd, I'd like to. We've got a, a little dinghy, which, a pump-up dinghy, which we used to use, but now we're getting too old, really. It's quite heavy. We go on the rother, and... Uh, Jamie has got a, an amphibious jeep, which he's rebuilt, and he comes down with the jeep and just goes straight in like that. And then we take the dinghy and we go down and have a picnic. Oh, it's lovely. I wish I wasn't so old, really. But then yeah, it comes to us all. Dana, it's been lovely talking to you. Really appreciate your time. Very nice to meet you, James. Heard a lot about you. But I hope I haven't talked a load of drivel. <laughs> Far from it. Another fascinating local, 
and an amazing privilege to spend some time with Diana Patton hearing about her life. If you haven't already, go and find the other Rycast about Diana, some amazing stories. We buzzed a beautiful schooner, rigged as a schooner, yacht. That was fun. They all waved and everything. We were over and gone. People tried to take a picture, but it was so fast. I think some of them got some. More stories about people living and working in Rye next time on Rycast. And next time, I'm on the beach, having a go at something I've never done before. Not expecting to be any good at it either. It's Rycast Sussex on social media. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.